it really doesn't matter to us. It really doesn't because if you go lose to NC State this week, you, well, you can celebrate, oh, we were third for one week or whatever. Right. Uh, so it just doesn't matter. But it's, it's fun. It's interesting. You know, it's nice to be in the conversation. You know, we're one of seven undefeated teams. And as far as how we got here, it's a lot of hard work. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to Free For All Friday. We are halfway to Margaritaville. We are following your lead. That was Dabo Sweeney, our guest earlier this week, head coach of the 9-0 Clemson Tigers, who, remember, were not listed among the top four in the committee's initial rankings. They believe they're fine, and I think they're right. If you keep winning including at State tomorrow night, including at South Carolina to end the regular season. Got to deal with Wake Forest, remember, at Death Valley. That could be 8-1 and one Wake at 10-0 and 0 Clemson. That would be one of the better matchups of next weekend nationally. We know that LSU at Alabama and Penn State at Minnesota lead that category heading into this weekend. As we go to Steve and Apex on college football, Scott in Wilmington has Florida State and the coaching carousel on his mind. You can jump in on the football, basketball, hockey, NASCAR, soccer, golf, and other headlines of the day. One thing I promised, why am I listing it as a big weekend in soccer and NASCAR? even though we all know it's mostly about football and basketball. Well, the long story short is NASCAR is down to its last two races. Martin Truex Jr. won it all two years ago, and he's in the Final Four. Kevin Harvick won it all five years ago, and he too has already clinched a spot in the Final Four at Homestead later this month. That means there's only two spots up for grabs. There are six eligible drivers still going for those final two spots on Sunday afternoon in Phoenix. So it's a huge weekend for guys like Kyle Busch and and Joey Logano, who also have a single Cup Series title to their credit in their careers, but are kind of hanging by a thread. They're in position to finish in the top four, but they got to get enough points in Phoenix or maybe the win. Obviously, that makes you an automatic qualifier for Homestead and the 2019 NASCAR Championship. 1-800-849-2761. In terms of soccer, regardless of what level you enjoy, as I will be focused more on football for sure, Panthers at Green Bay and a whole slew of college football matchups. If you're a soccer fan, you have A, an English Premier League lineup that includes one of the best, if not the best matchup of the entire season, Liverpool against Manchester City. Y'all know I'm a soccer head deep down inside. The MLS, it's down to its championship match. So even though our state continues to seek an MLS expansion franchise in either Charlotte or Raleigh, long way to go in both cases, they are down to the final two. So it's the Seattle Sounders hosting the Toronto FC club of Michael Bradley, U.S. men's national team fame. That's Sunday, so one more thing to consider for your weekend menu in the sports world. And right here in our backyard, the ACC women, and they are the best soccer conference on the women's side for sure, at Wake Med Soccer Park here in Cary. The semifinals are today, and the title match is on Sunday. So at least three different, if not more, variations of soccer kind of coming down the stretch this weekend. UNC against NC State later today, I know, is one of the two semifinals. Always a rivalry when those two get together in any sport. I was As we go to Steve and Scott and you at 1-800-849-2761, be nice to intern Jilly if you call. She is representing the University of North Carolina. She is one of our newer interns. She will be the first voice you hear when you dial 1-800-849-2761. I got this question, so I'll turn it around. I'll answer it, but I'll also turn it around to our statewide audience. Darren, you can chime in on this as well. DG, I don't know if you did this intentionally all week, 
but you mentioned almost all the teams that we follow here in the football world as underdogs. And I went and looked it up, and he's exactly right. This is Sydney writing from Concord, North Carolina. Which underdog do you think is going to flat out win? He says he's not into the whole beating the spread. He's not a gambler. He just wants to know which dog will win. So I looked it up, and he's basically right. The Panthers are a five-point underdog at the Packers. At the college level, Duke is an eight-point dog to Notre Dame tomorrow night at Wallace Wade. NC State is a 33-point underdog to Clemson at Carter-Finley. App State is a six-point underdog. Tony Barnhart says they have a good shot, but they're at the South Carolina Gamecocks, the Mountaineers. Even nationally, Minnesota is a six-point underdog to Penn State. That game is at Minnesota. LSU is a six-point dog at Alabama. LSU number two in the rankings and 8-0, of course. Even Wake is a dog this week. The 7-1 Demon Deacons are an underdog by two to three points, depending on, I guess, which gambling number you call. Deeks, two-point underdog. Pirates, a three-touchdown underdog, 21 points at SMU. I mean, that's almost every team that we follow regionally and the two biggest national matchups, LSU and Minnesota, both dogs, the Golden Gophers, despite being the home team. Which of those dogs would you have the most confidence in and why? I'd have to say it ain't going to be the Wolfpack. I mean, I'm going there with the big tailgate tour. Um, we always like when the home team wins. We are what this year, Darren? We've lost only once, and it's mid-November. The host school on the big tailgate tour has lost only one game. So we're on our way to a 12 and one. Will the playoff committee consider us kind of resume? Right. Are we eight and one? I'm now the math is escaping. All those anyway. victories, they start running together after a <laughs> while when we string them together on the big tailgate tour. So the Wolfpack 33 point underdog, probably not the wisest use of the kids college tuition fund app at South Carolina, six points Duke. Home versus Notre Dame, eight points. Wake, two-point dog at Virginia Tech. I'd probably start with the Deeks. I mean, it's hard to pick ECU to go to SMU and beat an eight-and-one team. It's hard to pick State to upset Clemson in what would be one of the greatest upsets in Wolfpack football history. I think the Panthers have a shot at Green Bay. As we come to your calls, I'll, I'll put it this way. The Packers' defense is not great. They give up big chunks all the time. It has to be a little Christian McCaffrey who's been getting big chunks against almost everybody all year. But it also has to be Kyle Allen, not just being a game manager, but getting big chunks in the passing game as well. The other priority would have to be harassing Aaron Rodgers. One of the highlights of the Panthers' resume this season, not named Christian McCaffrey, is that they lead the NFL in sacks after some years recently where they just couldn't get a pass rush going at all. Panthers have an NFL best 34 sacks as they go to Green Bay. If you look at the Packers 7-2 record, the bottom line is they crush people when they give Aaron Rodgers time, and they're just like a 500-level football team when somebody gets to Aaron Rodgers and makes him uncomfortable off his spot in the pocket. Gash the Packers' defense, control the ball. It's not a great Green Bay D. Harass Aaron Rodgers, you have a shot, even as a five-point underdog. So the Deeks at the Hokies, the Panthers at the Packers, I think are the first two that catch my eye. Although, I'm not counting out LSU at Alabama. We don't know how healthy Tua Tungavailoa is. I actually think LSU is the better team. If the Tigers were playing at home against the Tide, I would take LSU to win that game. Joe Burrow has made that much of a difference. 
Alabama does have the better defense, but LSU with the healthy quarterback has the better offense. Again, Alabama's probably the smart pick because that what did he say? Nick Saban is 48 and 1 in his last 49 home games with the Crimson Tide. Yeah, that's a tough trend to go against. But Duke, eight-point underdog Notre Dame, probably not. Minnesota, six-point underdog Penn State, probably not. I mean, I'm rooting for the Mountaineers and the Pirates and all the rest, but some of these seem highly unlikely as we play the underdog game. Steve, welcome to Free For All Friday. Go right ahead. What's going on, Dave? Doing great, man. What's on your mind? I, I kind of rhyme with you, Dave. I think Wake Forest and, and uh, Carolina Panthers, other than that, the rest of that stuff is probably a, a lost. And, and I don't think LSU is going to be Alabama because it's yeah. a mental block they got with them. But this is the thing I wanted to say, Dave. I, th- this is the first time I think the committee is, is – not that it matters like you said and, and like Dabo said. It, I think that's going to get in without a doubt. But this is the thing. They said they judge records and criteria. The first playoff thing they put out here is, is told the bottom half. I agree with the top two, Ohio State and LSU. I could go with that. Yeah. But to put Alabama at number three – if you're going to say that, well, then they try to turn it around with the eye test crap. Okay, well, you say they're better than Penn State. Well, wait a minute. Penn State played more competition than they have. So, therefore, if you to put Alabama number four and Penn State at three and then Clemson six, I would agree with it. But you, there's no way Alabama, you know, should be ahead of Penn State if you're going by just records alone. And I think Clemson is better than both of them. So, it doesn't matter. So all this stuff is crazy. It is crazy. I'm I'm glad you kept it in perspective because it doesn't matter as much right now, as you said and as Dabo said and as we've been saying all week long. But uh, Steve's best point is this, by the way. Penn State has wins over Michigan, which is a 7-2 team, Iowa, which is a 6-2 team, Michigan State at Michigan State, not a great team, but pretty good, and over the Pitt Panthers a 6-3 and three team that has a shot to play for the ACC title this year. That's four quality wins for the Penn State Nittany Lions as they've built their 8-0 record. Alabama's 8-0 includes one quality win. That's it. I'm not counting either the Blue Devils or the Gamecocks as a quality win. It's the win over Jimbo Fisher's Texas A&M team. Now, why Alabama's getting a push, I don't think it's pure brand name over lesser name or whatever. They annihilate the people that they beat. So Penn State... You know, beat Michigan by a touchdown, beat Iowa by five, beat Pitt by seven. So three of their best wins, one possession wins. Alabama, when they beat you, they kill you. They suck the life out of you. They wrap themselves around you like a boa constrictor so that you just flail away and have no chance of survival. That's what they do. So it's not as much the quality of their victims yet although they can add some quality victims here, right? Alabama can very quickly go from having only one good win, A&M, to having three really good wins. If you beat LSU this week and then beat Auburn at Auburn later this month, well, then you have the three really good wins you need. For now, though, you're right. Alabama has one and only one really good win. When When your average score is like 50 to 14 or something in that neighborhood, you are killing people. And that's, it's that, they they say margin of victory per se is not one of their criteria. Game control is one of their criteria. When your average score is 50 to 14 or around there, you're just killing people in a way that even Penn State is not, and even some of the others in the top 10 are not. Scott is in Wilmington and next up on Free For All Friday. Go right ahead. Hey there. Um, We're we're thinking about the the Florida State 
searching vacancy yeah. or, or search, I guess. Um, and then the more I thought about it, Florida State doesn't have it the way they used to. Uh, Florida being a hotbed for recruiting, and now they have UCF, they have Florida International, Florida Atlantic. They have a lot more competition in state than they used to. And not to mention, you know, obviously Miami and Florida are there as well. But I, I, I think they really need to make some noise. Uh, they don't have the best facilities in the world, but I'm curious to what kind of purse they have to, to pay somebody. Yeah. And does that somebody maybe need to be somebody like Deion Sanders that can go into a living room and just shock the parents of a recruit and be like, oh, my God, Deion Sanders is in my living room. He's well, already currently a coach. There's no, there's no doubt Dion would provide the wow factor, but you would be doing something that I'm not sure has ever been done by a power program in any of the higher-profile sports. You would be giving Dion Sanders, whose highest coaching level is what, the high school level, and even that didn't go all that well? Never been an NFL coach, never been a college coach, and his academy there in Texas went swirling down the drain when he tried to coach that team. Yes, there's a wow factor. I see that part of the Deion Sanders candidacy, but that's about it. I mean, that's handing the keys to somebody who hasn't even gotten his learner's permit yet, you know? So the wow factor, he qualifies. Everything else required of a CEO in major college football, you know, familiarity with recruiting, familiarity with staff building, all that stuff. I'll be personally shocked if Florida State goes down that road. I know of enough coaches to know it is still a well-regarded job. If you just think in terms of the 14 ACC programs, what do coaches prefer? Well, how much are you going to pay me? You mentioned that. And the Seminoles still can pay a good number. They're not going to pay somebody 8 or $9 million like Dabo makes at Clemson or Nick Saban makes at Alabama. But most others aren't paying that either. So they can afford, you know, a, a $3 million, $4 million, $5 million coach. Just got to be the right coach. I mean, they were paying Willie Taggart in that neighborhood. He just didn't work out after less than two years. They have that recruiting hotbed. They send bucket loads of players to the NFL, and that impresses families and moms and dads and 17-year-old prospects and their high school coaches. They are a football-first school, no doubt about it. In the ACC, what are the clearest-cut football-first schools? Clemson is one, Florida State is one, Virginia Tech is one, and Miami is one. Am I missing any? I mean, Boston College fans might say they're football first as well. They'd probably be right about that. You know, Louisville's a basketball first school. Carolina's a basketball first school. Duke is a basketball first school. Syracuse is a basketball first school. Others are a little bit more of a blend. But Florida State fits the football first. Have they won a lot of conference championships in relatively recent memory? Yes. Have they won it? Really recently, no, but six years ago, they were the national champions. Six years ago, not 60 years ago. Some of the schools that we follow, you know, Tennessee, Nebraska, and others are trying to relive their glory days from decades ago. FSU won the national title six years ago. And one sign of a, a powerful program is that you've won it all under more than one head coach. It was Bobby Bowden doing it twice longer ago. And it was Jimbo Fisher doing it once six years ago. If you made a list of the schools with the most players in the NFL right now, Florida State would be prominent on that list. They're not the only one, but they'd be prominent on that list. So who's won national titles lately? 
Florida State is one of the names on that list. In the last 20 years, there are actually, it's a very short number of schools that can say that they've won multiple national titles in the last 20 years. You want to play, you want to step in for the statewide audience, Darren? You know what Nick Saban and Alabama have done. That would be five national titles just in the last 20 years, right. okay? There are only other, there are only five other schools that have won multiple national titles in the last 20 years or so. And Florida State is one of them. Bobby Bowden was 20 years ago, his more recent of the two. Jimbo Fisher was six years ago. So, again, it's not ancient history. Recruiting hotbed, check. Football first school, check. They're not the wealthiest university, but they can. They just came up with $20 million plus from their boosters when they needed to fire Willie Taggart. So, no, they're not as wealthy as some of their competitors, but, yes, they can competitively pay their next coach. Ohio State is in this neighborhood. And guess what? They're good again this year. Alabama, they're good again this year. LSU is in this neighborhood and is good again this year. Ohio State, Clemson has two just in the last three years under Dabo Sweeney. Florida has two as well in relatively recent memory. And they're good again this year. So of the six, co- of the six schools that fit this pretty rare Last 20 or so years description, five are really good again. And the Seminoles are the, not only not good, they're, they just fired their coach. They're, at the, they're close to the other end of the spectrum. Candidates know they can make four to five million there. Candidates know they're one of the best programs in the ACC. When you ask, can I win there? That's a trickier question at most SEC schools. Those SEC schools might have big fan bases and big stadiums and shiny facilities, but when you have to get to the can we win there question, well, you got to deal with this guy named Nick, Nick, Nick Saban at Alabama. Oh, yeah, and you got to deal with this guy named Kirby Smart now at Georgia. And Eddie O has things rolling at LSU as we speak. And Auburn is often good. And Florida is good again under Dan Mullen. Can I win there? Maybe. But that's a tough neighborhood. In the ACC, can you win there? Yeah, I mean, Fl- Clemson is now intimidating. But who else scares you in the ACC? Anybody in football? Nobody's making your knees quiver in the Atlantic Coast Conference as a sport of football except for Clemson. So, yes, I can win at Florida State. Yes, I'm situated on the Florida Panhandle where there are high school football recruits of prominence to my west in Louisiana and other southeastern states, to my southeast in the Sunshine State itself. Alabama and Georgia are great high school states that are very, very close to Tallahassee, Florida. So I've got my recruiting hotbed. I've got my recent success, including multiple national championships. I've got my NFL pipeline. Kids love playing there. The upside far outweighs the downside. And, And that's why I don't think you need to take this I think, unprecedented gamble. Again, I'm not taking Deion Sanders seriously as a candidate. I saw Ian Rappaport's media report. I told you what I believe produced that media report. Ian works for the NFL Network. Dion works for the NFL Network. Ian called Dion and asked if you're interested in the job at the alma mater. He said yes. Ian asked Dion, have you talked to people at Florida State who actually make the decisions? Dion said yes. Are those decision makers going to be rude to Deion Sanders and say – we're laughing at your candidacy because even your high school coaching experience was a horrible one? No, they're not going to mock one of their most prominent football alumni. They're going to say nice things to him. 
They might even leave him the impression, hey, go ahead and round up the best staff you can and come back to us. Maybe that happened. Again, I don't know that to be the case, but this is how those headlines come about. Ian Rappaport called his own colleague at the NFL Network and asked some version of those questions. That's how Dion being in the FSU search, that headline came about. Again, unlike Herm Edwards, who was a first-time college head coach, Dion has no NFL head coaching experience. Herm had eight years, including a bunch of playoff teams at that level. They're not good comparisons. The Herm Edwards, Arizona State example, and the what if Deion Sanders at Florida State. I wouldn't go down that road. Find a way for Dion to help you in some other way. I'm all for it. Asking a guy who's never been a head coach above the high school level to take over, I think, one of the 10 best jobs in college football. No way, Jose, despite what I agree with you on, a heck of a wow factor in young people's living rooms. 1-800-849-2761. We'll get to your calls on the other side. Ed has the LSU-Alabama game on his mind. Others, college football, college basketball, NFL. Huge NASCAR weekend as that sport comes down the stretch. Huge soccer weekend at various levels. And a whole lot of football, including your 5-3 and three Panthers playoff contender, visiting the even better situated 7-2 and two Green Bay Packers of Aaron Rodgers. Kyle Allen plus Christian McCaffrey plus a great pass rush could equal a victory in Green Bay, but the Panthers are five-point underdogs as most of the teams in our backyard seem to be this weekend. 1-800-849-2761. You are steering our ship. You are leading the way. More of what I have on the weekend that awaits us with more of your phone calls. 1-800-849-2761. Next on The David Glenn Show. Rob Schneider joining us on the David Glenn Show. When they try to have three days of the NFL draft on TV, my friends said, hey, you going to watch the NFL draft? It's like getting excited about a strip club that's still under construction. <laughs> like you see that building over there in a couple of months? There's going to be some breasts in there. You're listening to the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. DG, do you believe that Cole Anthony, the freshman point guard at UNC, is a legitimate candidate for all ACC and All-America honors, even after only one game to watch him play? Answer, yes. That's why we talked about him even before the Tar Heels hosted Notre Dame. Saw him as a recruit, no doubt about it. My answer to that is yes. DG, if you were Florida State, would you consider hiring Deion Sanders? Short answer, no. We elaborated earlier and can dive back in if you like, but we are coming back to your phone calls, free-for-all Friday style, 1-800-849-2761. One of the most frequent questions I received this week was some version of, DG, if you were David Tepper, the owner of the Carolina Panthers, would you take one more year of Cam Newton at $20 million plus? My answer is yes, but that one comes, to an, comes with an asterisk. I am a believer that there's something left in Cam Newton as an NFL starting caliber quarterback. But whereas if I were David Tepper, I would say to Cam and his representatives, you're under contract for one more year at $20 million plus. I like this Kyle Allen guy, but I haven't given up on you. And I'm not sure Kyle Allen's going to be a full-time, long-term starter in the NFL. I will pay you that 20-plus million. I want you to come back from this foot injury as long as your heart is with being a Carolina Panther and as long as you are going to have the right approach to coming back on the right timetable. He's rushed back from other things too quickly in the past, including this foot injury. I'm okay with all that. The reason I say asterisk 
even though, again, I, as the team side of things, would be open to this possibility, I don't think Cam and his representatives would be open to this possibility. Remember, this coming offseason probably is going to include Christian McCaffrey's representatives saying, I want a long-term deal even before I go into year four of my contract. Christian McCaffrey, who does and says all the right things, probably learned something from Todd Gurley's holdout in L.A. and Ezekiel Elliott's holdout in Dallas. Those guys were not due a new contract, but they said to their teams, I've proven myself. I play a high-risk injury position. In Christian's case, he's getting as many snaps and as many touches as anybody in the entire NFL, and he's done that for three years running now. He's the offensive midseason player of the year. So David Tepper has a Christian McCaffrey headache coming. Now, it's a good headache. He's so good that you want to keep him. But most agents are going to ask for that new deal before McCaffrey puts his body on the line in this upcoming year four. And then Tepper has to solve the quarterback equation in the Cam Newton question. Cam's people are going to say Cam can get something better than this in the open market. Cam's already been through four surgeries and multiple injuries. Just as some of his skeptics are wondering why they should believe he's ever going to be good again, Cam Newton's approach is going to be, why should I risk my body again for a one-year deal that doesn't even have much guaranteed money? Somebody else is still willing to give me that in a league where, what, a quarter of the league has no idea who it's going, who's going to be at starting quarterback next year? So I say yes. If I'm David Tepper, I'm open to it. I just, it just takes two to tango, and I don't think Cam and his people would be open to playing that one more year as the contract is currently written. Somebody is going to give Cam significant money and a longer term. Maybe that somebody is found in the form of a trade by the Carolina Panthers. That's for later on the front burner. Five and three Carolina is at seven and two Green Bay. If you get to Aaron Rodgers with that NFL best 34 sacks pass rush, and if Kyle Allen helps Christian McCaffrey and creates a balanced offense, I see a recipe for a road upset. Green Bay's probably the better team, but they're not a great team defensively. They have been elite offensively with Aaron Rodgers at the controls as usual, but the Chargers figured out a way to slow them down. Borderline shut them down last week. Maybe the Panthers' top 10 defense can figure out a way to do the same. Ed in Raleigh, welcome to Free For All Friday. Go right ahead. Thanks a lot, David. Sure, man. Uh, uh, <clears throat> Always listen to you when I'm in town. First-time caller, though. Good to have you with us. And uh, thank you. Always enjoy your show. And a uh, fellow Philly guy. All right. <clears throat> so the best uh, ovation I ever heard was uh, when Cliff Lee was introduced uh, at Citizens Bank mm. Park. Crowd went crazy. That was a good one. Uh, yeah. Superseded only by when he was announced in as the starting pitcher for the Philadelphia Phillies. Ah, yeah, that – I mean that- – they- yeah, I asked myself some of these questions with Kemba Walker's homecoming in Charlotte, and uh, Lee, kind of a Jimmy Rollins, would be another beloved Phillies player who would get a big homecoming. Chase Utley actually got one as a member of the Dodgers, so that's, that's a long list in Philly. Yes, it is. So they really put their arms around you if you perform. Amen. Um, okay, so I got a couple predictions. One is LSU-Alabama, and I'm picking LSU because I think Eddie O is going to tell his defensive lineman, I want lots of traffic around Tua. I want Tua thinking, and we both know he's going to be a little bit less mobile. 
And uh, if you're thinking about your game, you're not playing with the kind of instinct that he usually plays with. And I don't think Alabama beats LSU with Alabama's backup quarterback, if it comes to that. We'll see. LSU's defense is not as good as it usually is, but LSU's offense is way better than it usually is with Joe Burrow at the controls. That is, to me, college or pro, the number one must-see TV game of the entire weekend in, in the world of football. Absolutely. And now another full disclosure, I am an FSU grad. And I do believe that the uh, professional heads in the room will take control of the situation. I think everybody's having a lot of fun with, uh, you know, the um, who's going to be the head coach yeah. at FSU. But they, they know they need to bring a guy in for all the reasons you eloquently explained, so I'm not going to go back into them. They need to bring a guy in who uh, knows the game, has had head coaching experience. And if they do that and the pros in the room do control the room, FSU will be back in a couple years. Two years ago, when Jim McElwain was having seances in the coaches' offices, everybody <laughs> saying the same thing about Florida. Yeah, and Florida has found their guy in Dan Mullen. Uh, Miami's still searching for its guy. Maybe we'll see how Manny Diaz works out. But Florida State has gone from four straight decades of never needing a coaching search. It's incredible. I can't even think of another example of that. Zero football coaching searches at Florida State for 40-plus years, and now they have their second search in the last three years. I still think it's a very good job. You know, why not call P.J. Fleck, even though he's got the new buyout number at Minnesota? Why not call the Matt Rule guy who's doing well at Baylor? Call Mark Stoops at Kentucky, who previously worked as an assistant at Florida State. He hasn't been great with the Wildcats, but that's a hard job. Call Mike Norville at uh, Memphis. Call Matt Campbell at uh, Iowa State. Interview the top coordinators. Clemson has two of them. Tony Elliott and Brent Venables, offense and defense. Maybe consider Mike Leach, although he scares the heck out of a lot of college administrators because he's such a wild card. I'd call Scott Satterfield, too. He probably says, I just got here to Louisville. I don't want to field any inquiries. I, I'm doing good things in my first year here after all that success at App State. His agent probably says Scott is not taking those kinds of calls right now. But given what he's done at App and now at Louisville, wouldn't you want to talk to him if you're Florida State? And if you're Scott Satterfield, just like you left your own alma mater for a job at Louisville in a Power 5 league for, of course, more money, does anybody doubt that the upside of the Florida State job is significantly higher than the upside of the Louisville job? I mean, I'd listen if I were Scott Satterfield. Again, a lot of guys who just got somewhere – won't take those calls, but that certainly varies a lot person-to-person, coach-to-coach, and agent-to-agent. 1-800-849-2761. We'll continue with your free-for-all Friday phone calls on the other side. We are halfway to Margaritaville. We have a great football weekend that awaits us, not just Panthers at Packers, although I do think that's one of the best on the menu. The Vikings are at the Cowboys in a battle of perhaps playoff teams. The Rams are at the Steelers. They both think they can put together a postseason resume. And it won't happen until Monday night, but maybe the best matchup of the NFL weekend will be MVP frontrunner Russell Wilson and the 7-2 Seahawks visiting divisional rival San Francisco. The Niners, of course, are the last unbeaten in the NFL. They have an elite defense. They've done well enough offensively under Jimmy Garoppolo to get off to that 8-0 start. That is your Monday night football special. These TV executives know what they're doing because Sunday night on NBC, Vikings-Cowboys is one of the best of the weekend. Seahawks-Niners on Monday night, one of the best of the weekend. That 1 o'clock motley crew of games – 
unless you're a fan of one of the two teams or a fantasy football owner who needs to watch for that reason or just a degenerate gambler, there's really no reason to watch any of the 1 o'clock games. Have you seen this schedule for tomorrow? And I'm an NFL guy. I love the National Football League. I love the big games, the small games, and the in-between games. Your 1 o'clock games Sunday, this Sunday in the NFL Week 10. I mean, reintroduce yourself to the wife and kids. Do some gardening or something. Get out there. Do some hiking. We're in a wonderful state, right? Great golf courses, beautiful oceans, lakes. Go to the lake house. Do something besides watch the NFL at 1 o'clock on Sunday, which I think is what we mostly do, right? Oh, I wonder what the best game is at 1 o'clock. You ready for your choices, Darren Vaught? Arizona-Tampa Bay. Atlanta, New Orleans. Okay. (laughs) Baltimore, Cincinnati. The Bengals still haven't won. I mean, those are going to be two blowouts. Buffalo, Cleveland. (laughs) Detroit, Chicago. Kansas City, Tennessee. Jets, Giants. Those are your 1 o'clock games in the National Football League this week. I could give you a noon game like Penn State, Minnesota on your college schedule tomorrow. A 3.30 game, LSU, Alabama. I'll give you Iowa State at Oklahoma for your nightcap. I just gave you three must-see TV games in college sports from noon all the way until you go to bed. There are other games involving closer-to-home schools as well. Wolfpack hosting Clemson, Duke hosting Notre Dame, Wake going to Virginia Tech, App State going to South Carolina. Man, that's a heck of a lineup. Come 4 o'clock or so on Sunday, the NFL kicks into gear. I think the four best games are all either late Sunday afternoon, Sunday night, or Monday night. Adjust your weekend schedule accordingly. We're back after this. Free-for-all Friday style. Last call for phone calls is next on the David Glenn Show. Mac Brown of the University of North Carolina. we got to win now. Let's don't start looking at rebuilding. Let's don't talk about how bad we are. Let's don't talk about we're not better than anybody. Let's figure out how to win. And that's what we've done. And and the Coastal, because it's been up in the air every year, why shouldn't we have a chance? Keep it dialed in to the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to Free For All Friday. Here's what we have. One last chance for you to chime in with your question, comment, complaint, or get something that's been burning a hole in your sports soul off your chest. Four days a week, you follow our lead. Once and only once a week, Free For All Friday, we follow yours. Football, college and pro. Basketball, college and pro. Hockey, soccer, golf, NASCAR. Our big tailgate tour at the Clemson NC State game. We have picked over these topics and more. You are welcome to jump in right now. You can even go straight to the front of the line if you like by dialing 1-800-849-2761. If we like your call that much, we'll put you on perhaps as the last call we take today on Free For All Friday. What are we looking forward to? Will college basketball fans get another look at Cole Anthony tonight, the freshman point guard for the Tar Heels, as they visit UNC Wilmington? Wes Miller and UNC Greensboro get a shot tonight at number three Kansas out at Kansas. That's a national TV game on ESPNU at 9 o'clock. Bob McKillop and Davidson face number 24 Auburn. That's also a national TV game. NC State and Wake Forest stumbled out of the gate in college hoops, but they do have home games against very beatable opponents on Sunday afternoon. The number four Duke Blue Devils host Colorado State. What else do you have to look forward to as we come back to your calls? NASCAR has its next to last race of the season Sunday afternoon in Phoenix. Kyle Busch, Joey Logano, and four others 
are fighting over the final two spots in the final four of the Cup Series championship race. Martin Truex Jr. and Kevin Harvick have already punched their tickets to Homestead. Two more will join them come Sunday afternoon. The Hornets had Kemba Walker's homecoming last night. They host the New Orleans Pelicans. Remember, still no Zion Williamson for anyone considering that trip to the Spectrum Center in Charlotte. Zion of Duke still out with his injury. New Orleans visits Charlotte tomorrow night. The Hornets head to Philly on Sunday, trying to build on a surprisingly solid 4-4 four and four start. They were, as expected, annihilated by the Boston Celtics last night. LeBron James and the Lakers, along with Kemba and the Celtics, off to the best starts in the NBA, both with 6-1 and one records so far. Football really is the focus of my weekend in many ways. Again, we'll see you at Backyard Bistro tomorrow night, 4-7, to seven, leading up to that 7.30 p.m. kickoff between the Clemson Tigers, 9-0, and oh, and number five in the initial committee rankings, visiting an NC State team that has disappointed so far this year at 4-4, four and four, really without a signature victory. Clemson has won seven straight in this Atlantic Division rivalry. The Wolfpack has scared Dabo Sweeney's squad at times in the past, as Dabo shared with us earlier this week here on the David Glenn Show. Unlikely to be the case tomorrow night, but we look forward to seeing you at your tailgate. The Storm Squad and my staff will be with me, so remember to visit BigTailgateTour.com and tell us where your tailgate will be. A milestone, landmark, or parking space number is always suggested if you'd like us to visit you with uh, Tailgate of the Week honors in mind. 1-800-849-2761. Kyle Allen will be leading the Panthers into battle at Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers is always a handful, and Green Bay is elite offensively again for the Panthers to win they're going to have to exploit a Packers defense that has not been great this year we'll see how that works for Ron Rivera and friends that's in one of the late games on Sunday afternoon and at the college level I'm having a hard time talking myself into many of these upsets app at South Carolina state hosting Clemson Two coasting Notre Dame. All of these are underdogs. ECU at SMU, a three-touchdown underdog. Wake, an underdog at Virginia Tech, just a two-point dog. I like their chances a lot better. I think Wake's flat out a better football team than Virginia Tech, but the Hokies have life again and looked better than they did earlier this year in that close, close loss at Notre Dame last week. LSU at Alabama and Penn State at Minnesota, of course, are the headliners of the college football weekend. Tim is in Goldsboro, and next on the David Glenn Show, you can join us on Free For All Friday at 1-800-849-2761. I never turn down college basketball phone calls. Tim, welcome to the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead. Yeah, what do you think about the Wolfpack this year after they blew that lead against yeah. Georgia Tech? The other yeah, night? that was a step in the wrong direction, but tell me if you agree with me on this, Tim. Any team playing without its two best players is not going to look as good as it usually does, right? And against yeah, against yep. Georgia Tech, I mean, if I could, if you just we we're playing like a pickup game, and Darren, you were a captain and I was a captain, and the Wolfpack players were there for our selection. Now I don't know what order exactly because I like C.J. Bryce, their veteran guard as well. But somewhere on our short list, I'm taking senior point guard Markel Johnson, and I'm taking junior big man DJ Funderburk. They might be my first and second picks yeah, off the Wolfpack. At least two of the first few. 
at least two of my top three. Neither was available against Georgia Tech. So I encourage folks to put that Wolfpack loss to the Yellow Jackets in that perspective. Put it this way, if Duke was missing its best guard and its best big man, Duke would have lost to Kansas. If Carolina was missing Cole Anthony and Garrison Brooks, Carolina would have lost to Notre Dame. Seriously. I mean, take your pick elsewhere in this league. If Louisville were missing its best guard and best big man, probably would have lost at Miami, although that one might have been a closer call. Duke ain't beating Kansas without Trey Jones and take your pick, you know, Vernon Carey Jr. or Matthew Hurt. Ain't going to happen. That's the nature of the best players on any college basketball team. What I see is an NCAA tournament team, Tim. And, and after the top four, I know that Louisville, Duke, UVA, and UNC are going to be good. I think that Notre Dame and Florida State and NC State, I actually have Pitt as a surprise NCAA tournament team as well. Jeff Capel's Panthers got off on the right foot uh, with a win earlier this week as well. When I see Markel Johnson plus C.J. Bryce plus Braxton Beverly plus other experience on the perimeter, and I'm assuming D.J. Funderburk gets back soon. He is practicing again. I assume he comes back from his suspension fairly soon. That's an NCAA tournament team to me. It has enough depth. It has enough talent. It has enough experience and a good coach in Kevin Keats. We'll see. Long, long way to go. Everybody's trying not to overreact to whether the first loss was a win, first game was a win or a loss. I see the Wolfpack well above the way I view Clemson or Virginia Tech or Boston College or Wake Forest or the bottom third of the ACC. And if you're in the middle of the pack in the ACC, usually you're in contention for an NCAA tournament bid. Final thoughts and TV picks as we come down the stretch to the sounds of Jimmy Buffett. That's next on The David Glenn Show. Mike Lupica, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Sports used to be called the toy department, and I said, look at the political scene, and, and, and tell me that's any more real or, or more serious than what we see when people say, oh, stick to sports. Well, who passed that law? You're listening to the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. We are coming down the stretch on this free-for-all Friday edition of the program. And down the stretch they come. We're real close to Margaritaville now. Shout out to Steve Young and the Upper Deckers. They are the one and only to this point NC State tailgate ever to win tailgate of the year honors. Hope to see you all tomorrow night. We'll be at Backyard Bistro and running around the Carter-Finley parking lots from 4 to 7 leading up to that 7.30 kickoff against the undefeated Tigers. Jimmy Buffett takes us into the weekend with a little lovely cruise. We hope it's been that for you all week, and we're thankful for your time with us here on The David Glenn Show. Mr. President Barack Obama, welcome to The David Glenn Show. How are you? David, it's great to be on. It's wonderful to, to talk to the folks in North Carolina. I always say uh, I love the state of North Carolina, love the people of North Carolina. Even the folks who don't support me down there are nice to me. The David Glenn Show.